Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello everyone, welcome to this week's Man of the Post Extra Time. I'm your host Chris, uh, with me this week I've got Scott back this week. How are you doing Scott? Yeah, not too bad, just to, trying to digest Swindon's draw at Crawley with nine men. Uh, well, we'll come on to that later on because yeah. you would think 2-2 draw with nine men, it's not a bad result, but no. we'll, we'll dissect that a bit more. Yeah. <laughs> Let's. Uh, <laughs> uh, we've got James. Good evening, hello. You alright? Very well, thank you. Good man. Uh, we've got Jesse. James, how's your re- female New York Jewish accent? Hi! <laughs> that's uh, good. That's very good, actually. And we've got Adam as well, haven't we, Scott? Hi. That's your I, I, Ryan, I, I, isn't it? Your Ryan. Ryan. That was my Ryan, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Brilliant. Right, well, this week we're going to talk about the Premier League games that happened uh, on Monday this week and this weekend. Um, some games in the Champions League, Championship, uh, League 2, like we say, uh, <laughs> and uh, other things from there. So we'll start sort of chronologically this week. Crystal Palace nil, Liverpool 2, James Milner penalty, and then Sadio Mane with a rather scrummy little goal at the end. Um, I was all prepared for Adam to come on and tell me how... Mo Salah is a shocking diving cheat. Uh, so one of you might have to take up that mantle instead. I won't because I thought it was a penalty when I when I was uh, had it on in the background. I was watching the Atalanta game. Yeah, you can't pull at him, try to kick him, and then say it wasn't a penalty. It's a penalty in my eyes. Are you starting? I don't know about. I mean, I obviously thought it was. Yeah. Oh, you're a Liverpool fan, so you thought. <laughs> why? Why normally say is if that was at the other end and that was given, would they feel the same way? Uh, yes. My only thing is, I think he started to fall out. Was the contact outside the box and he fell inside? It? That was the only thing I couldn't make my mind up on. Yeah. Oh, it was a free kick. I was wasn't the it? Same. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, I was quite confused with the penalty. It was a free kick, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes, he touched his back and he sort of clipped his calf, didn't he, as well? Yeah, you know, it's, it's like a striker's challenge when you're trying to chase him down. So it clipped him, tugged his shirt. The fall was a bit exaggerated, but you can see why it was given. And Roy Hodgson did not sound or looked impressed on the touchline no, during the game and after the game. He said after the game, quote unquote, a good result was taken from us. Was he right, James, or was it a penalty? Uh, well, a red card and penalty as well earlier on. I can understand where he's coming from. I really can understand where he's coming from, but uh, with Mo Salah being so uh, so tricky and and so slight of uh, so quick such quick feet and uh, slight of movement, you know these things can happen. But uh, a, a good result for Liverpool, especially away at Crystal Palace, and um, I think uh, I think it's telling after two games. You know, you wake up the following morning and then you've got the main uh, BBC article is uh, Klopp uh, doesn't want to know about potential title pressure and all that kind of thing there's only two games been played well yeah he said he was not interested in sending a statement didn't he yeah but it's just only there's only been two games played i mean i'm not that old but it's a long old season mm. you know you got you got christmas to deal with you got easter to deal with you got um managerial sackings you got uh, a january transfer window it's a it's 10 months of, of full pelt it doesn't matter where you start it's where you finish and i just i think people are looking far too early uh, you know, Liverpool will be the, the, the closest challenges to City after two games. Okay, well, let's not bother the next thirty-six then, eh? That uh, you know, I, 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 I just never. No, I just think that I just think people are far too tri- quick to draw conclusions. Uh, maybe it's not. Maybe they don't get any fun out of waiting to see what happens. But also, teams with European commitments. You know, City are going to want to do well in the Champions League. Same goes for Liverpool too. Uh, you don't know how much Europa League is going to take out of um, Chelsea, Arsenal or possibly Burnley, even though at the time of speaking they're 3-1 down. 
you know, it's a it's a long old season, so you know, just wait and see what happens, and also enjoy it. This is a Twitter thing, though, isn't it, Scott? Everything has to be instant and instant messaging, and you know, instant results, and um, it makes for good copy if he comes out and comes and says quotes like this because everyone wants to. Then the Mitchell and Webb sketch, the football will never end. I haven't no, but uh, I know they have done a couple of sketches of football. It's a bit, yeah. It's basically a guy going around saying the. You know, football never ends as I said but uh, in a very sort of enthusiastic tone but I think that maybe that's what Klopp was doing or you know that's what people are picking up on maybe the fact that you know it's just a continuous narrative over and over and over and over again I suppose um but this is the sort of fixture that Liverpool would have struggled on last season like you said but they did it this time and they did it without Fabinho as well he didn't even get in the squad no he didn't uh just kept the same start in 11 from last uh, last Sunday, yeah, I've only seen bits and pieces of the game and seen. I watched the last 10, 15 minutes, and like Palace just threw everything at Liverpool right near the end. And what happens? Uh, you don't leave Mane and Salah on your own with one covering defender and poor old Patrick Van Aanholt done his best. <laughs> but yeah, I did feel sorry for him at the end. But um, Palace are assembling a nice little squad together, as you said. If you remember Chris Tambor a couple of years ago mm. when you went in the league and three and up after sixty sixty five minutes and Dwight Gale and it just goes completely to tits up and you got Suarez and Gerrard crying, but Klopp, as I've known in the past, have seen his sides at uh, at Dortmund and Mainz. His sides tend to crumble a little bit under a bit of pressure. Um, I remember gaming against Napoli a couple of years ago in the Champions League when he was at Dortmund. They were expected to win and they lost 2-1. I think it was uh, Sari's first season at Napoli. But he's added a bit of steel and you've got Van Dijk who was tremendous again. Probably one of the buys of this, in the last year or so for them. I know we're talking off, off air about his misdemeanours in the past and how James said he wasn't that good in Holland. But he's uh, something coming to fruition now. He's got a good squad available to him and these are the type of games you'd like to win at the start of the season so it kicks off your season well. You don't want to start your season badly and be bottom at the table after two games of zero points. That's not a dig at Arsenal. They will become good. But who knows? They could be a title contenders to uh, to City, but as James said, it's a long old season. It's a long slog. Just thank God you're not playing it in the Championship where it's 46 games yeah. plus playoffs. Well, you know who you do want in your team, don't you? Um, it's James Milner. Have you heard the stat about James Milner? When he scored in the Premier League, uh, he's played 48 games and won 38, drawn 10, wow. 0. Wow. And his last eight uh, is the first player to score eight consecutive goals from penalties as well. I think he's a great professional. Very really, good. He's a fantastic professional. Any young player, you know, people uh, people dig him out for being boring personality-wise. Who cares? He's a he must be a manager's dream in terms of right, reliable, reliability. Mm. And I think he he broke through at Leeds when he was sixteen. Was he? That's right. Yeah. It feels like he's been around forever, but he's a tremendous professional. And uh, yeah, he's had a good, he's had a fine career so far as well. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing him uh, swinging at him online and he played left wing back for us. He, he was a brilliant man. He's brilliant now. Ultimate professional. I think it's, I think he's really good. And I, do, I do feel in some ways a little bit lucky that Liverpool have got him because he will play where you ask him uh, and he will do whatever crappy job you ask him as well, uncomplainingly. Um, well, next up for Liverpool, they are home to Brighton, who beat Manchester United 3-2 last weekend. Um, Liverpool are unbeaten in 22 in the Premier League at Anfield at the Coliseum. Um, and they've kept clean sheets in the last six. Go on. Uh, just to start off on this one, obviously Ross comes up with his betting um, oh, yeah. ideas. Uh, as, a, as this is apparent in the point I'm going... In terms of betting for this particular game, mm. Brighton are priced at eight to one to draw at Anfield and fifteen to one to win. Wow, that's probably worth one. a bet, isn't it? That's worth a cheeky fiver. Mm. But I, I don't know if it's the Dutch odds here in the Netherlands being a bit too, uh, too generous or, or not being completely on the ball. Excuse the pun. But uh, yeah, I thought that was quite. Um, I thought that was very, um, and uh, very much an eye ra- uh, eyebrow raiser when I looked at it this afternoon. 
Yeah, well, Chris Hughton versus Liverpool, before you put that money on, James, he's uh, played five, lost five. Most of that was with Norwich, wasn't it? Uh, Nor- Newcastle, we'd have had a game with them, wouldn't he? Yeah, Norwich, where Liverpool literally scored hatfuls for fun. Yeah. With Suarez scoring three hat-tricks and maybe four and a four-goal haul. I think he yeah. did, didn't he? It wasn't there with a yeah. five-four. That was... Um, oh, Klopp. Yeah. yeah, he was long gone. That's the game where Klopp broke his glasses. He was in gold. Oh, that's, the, that's the guy that's at Preston that looks like Renton from Trainspotting. Um, uh, is it Bogdan? No, the um, uh, the manager for Nor- McNeil, Alex McNeil. Yeah, he was the manager then, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, and Crystal Palace, they are away to Watford. Watford have uh, lost one out of nine in the Premier League um, at home, but they draw four and lost ten versus Palace in the league recently. So they've never beat them. And this is a Watford side who has an awful lot of turnover, managerial change, players in and out, like a. So much craziness going on at the club. There's finally a little bit of stability going on, and they've won their opening two games. Uh, they beat Brighton and they beat Burnley on last Sunday. Would you say it's craziness? Oh yeah, if you if you Potsos, if you've got Udinese owned and Granada owned, like Udinese up until probably about three four years ago were really high up in Serie A. They will always finish up in the top six, top seven. Got to the Champions League. Uh, qualifiers and played Arsenal, which mm. are probably James probably yeah. seen. Um, yeah. quite, unlu- quite unlucky to go out during that tie, um, if I remember. And it's just there's just been a lot, quite a lot of change at Udinese. It's, it's the same with Watford. I don't know what's going on at Granada. I know they got relegated, but there was a, quite a few player swaps going on between all three clubs. It's just finding a, a little bit of stability. And Watford got some very good players. Will Hughes is, is a favourite mm. of mine. He's, I remember him at Derby, and I wondered if he left Derby a little bit too late, but he's proven the point now. He is. Well, you could also say Udinese have never got over the Natale uh, retiring. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Do you remember his in his last game? Penenka. Yes. Yeah. God, to elaborate on that season, uh, Udinese went on to play uh, Europa League. I remember watching Isaac Alakmar play them at home in Alakmar, and it ended, I think it was 2-2, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And they left uh, Di Natale on the bench for 75 minutes, which I found very, very strange. In, a, in, a, in an away game where Udinese were on form, said not so much. But, um, yeah, to, to elaborate on that point of Udinese... Uh, I actually watched them live that season, and uh, they look they look good in that game. But I just found it strange that they left the best player on the bench. Did they have then. Sanchez then? Um, no, Sanchez left about 2011, 12 ish. He was a Barca. Uh, you Barca, yeah, they paid quite a lot of money. I think it was about thirty, maybe forty million. Yeah, they did, didn't they? That front three, they uh, no, they had a front two of Sanchez and Dina Tarle. Whoa. <laughs> I think West Brom Crystal Palace is going to go, going to be a draw. What and Crystal Palace? And it, what, yeah. West, West, West Brom West Championship. West, sorry, West Ham. <laughs> what? Sorry, Watford Crystal Palace. I think is going to be a draw. Yeah. And with regards to Brighton uh, Liverpool, I've sung this player's praises many many times, but he's a tremendous player in my book, David Bulipa. Um, yes, I think uh, I think people will see even more this season what a good player he is, and at the risk of offending Brighton fans, he's far too good for Brighton. And I uh, I um, I hope he makes inroads because he used to play for Vitesse here in the Netherlands, and Ajax really wanted him, and uh, the uh, they thought they could uh, they thought they could get him, and he went he went to PSV in the end, had a tremendous season, won Eredivisie titles, and uh, they made a £15 million move to Brighton. And it, they, it's actually a good value for money as well, considering such a, he's such a good player. And, um, yeah, I look forward to seeing him uh, continue on his uh, on his good run this season. Okay. Can I ask James about uh, Lucardia? He's got enough to do well at Brighton. I know he went in January. I don't think he's featured that much. The la- the latest I heard of him, Scott, was he featured in the under twenty three match last Monday against Arsenal. Ah, okay. Uh, um, he he has, he does have something about him. It's mm. just whether he's going to play, whether he's going to play every game. Like your handbucks, they spent a lot of money on him. He was also yeah. in that same under twenty three team last Monday. But um, yeah, but but Lucardius was was very good for PSV. 
and uh, he also had a spell at heel and vein as well. So he's physically very, very strong. But I've stated on the pod a couple of times that although they have a bit of a Dutch contingent, Brighton, David Pulipu is by far and away the best. OK. Um, we've had some Champions League games this week as well. Uh, Champions League qualifiers. So Batty Borisov drew 3-3 with PSV. Uh, Benfica drew 1-1 with PA. OK, Salonika. Uh, Red Star Belgrade nil. RB Salzburg nil. Ajax 3, Dinamo Kiev 1. Uh, Molvidi, where are they? I've never heard of them. Yeah, we- Hungarian, Hungarian. Hungarian. Videoton. Hipsters, the pair of you. <laughs> uh, I didn't know. I didn't know. I just repeating what James said. <laughs> you came in that millisecond afterwards, didn't you? Yeah. So, ah, Hungarian. Yeah, that sounds right. Uh, yeah, they got they still one. AK Athens got two, and then Young Boys won. Dinamo Zagreb won. Jesse's not here, so I can't do my Young Boys joke. Um, so, uh, James, those Dutch scores. I saw the highlights from the Ajax Dinamo Kiev game. Yeah, very pleasing. Um, people are gaining in confidence, Chris, that both PSV and Ajax will play in the Champions League uh, group stage. It will be a great and well-timed shot in the arm, uh, considering Ajax failed to qualify for Europe last season, having reached the Europa League final the year before. And uh, PSV under Koku, apart from pushing Atletico to a penalty shootout in the last 16 of the Champions League, didn't really do much in Europe. And um, I think it'll be a great shot in the arm. I think both are in a fantastic position. I think that PSV are in a slightly more precarious position than what Ajax are, even though Ajax have to go to Kiev. And I've also stated as well, this is Van Bommel's first season in charge. Uh, Yes, he has experienced under-19s and um, (coughs) a great affinity with PSV. But having interviewed Eredivisie managers on a regular basis the last two years and, and knowing what it takes to to be a manager of, a, of an Eredivisie club it can be hard work and uh, Van Bommel he, he undoubtedly does have quality but I don't think uh, I don't think we'll see uh, them making inroads in terms of uh, uh, going really far in Europe I think they might well qualify but I can't see them getting through the group perhaps OK um, Championship games this week as, well, there was a few of them so I'll just put a couple out uh, uh, QPR nil Bristol City 3 <laughs> Jesus four, wept. Four out of four for Steve. Minus 11 goal difference. This was horrendous. <laughs> I watched the highlights earlier on. Um, oh, I really don't know what to say. i tell you what I will say. I think this isn't Steve McLaren's fault to a large extent. Yes, he's the manager, but he's only just got there. I think an awful lot has to go to Tony Fernandez. Uh, bizarrely, I did an interview with Tony Fernandez about five, six years ago. Um, and I said, are you ready for financial fair play? And I got this sort of unequivocal yes back from him I think he might have been lying to me um, we've absolutely messed up our two goes in the Premier League to the point where we've got a £47 million hole in our pockets um, and he seems to be one of these managers that you do get one of these owners that you do get in football where his um, roasting tea glasses sort of get in the way of his logical mathematical thinking and I don't get how these successful businessmen take over football matches at uh, football teams and suddenly all logic flies out of their heads ego ego yeah you're probably right definitely yeah um, it's not looking it's not looking good and only one man can save him Sam Allardyce he won't go down to there will he, no, he, he won't ta- he won't no. take that job <laughs> he thinks he's too good for him I tell you it's who it's even that or Cardiff I think it's got Cardiff nailed all over it, isn't it? No, yeah. he, won't, he won't. He won't go there. He'll, he'll stay. He'll stay on Talksport and uh, slagging everyone I'd off. To, I'd love to see him go abroad. But well, he never... said himself he should go to Inter Milan or Real Madrid. Yeah, well, if, um, although it was a very short stint, if your England manager it opens up doors, didn't it? And, but I don't. I don't think he would have the uh, uh, now and the courage to go abroad. To be honest, I'd, I'd, you know. Even if he was offered, I don't think, he, I don't think he'd go. I, I think he'll stay on TalkSport for a while yet, and then uh, a top ten club when that uh, gets when that comes through, I think he'll have one of them instead. I tell you, we're quite like um, they lost this week to uh, Hull. who got their first win, which sort of relieved the pressure on Nigel Atkins. I like Paul Warner at Rotherham. He seems yeah, to be he's, a, sort of he's very banker. good. Yeah, he yeah. is. Isn't he? he is. Uh, they did. They got to the playoffs last season. Mm. Uh, they they did well because under him because they got relegated two seasons un- ago under him 
and there was like talk of him like going, oh, does he stay or does he go? But he he's didn't a really very, very, did he? Yeah, no, he didn't want it, but then he took it. I reluctantly took it, but yeah, he's a very, very good coach. I would like him to come, but at the same time, I think he deserves a more stable ship than QPR mm. to sort of get his first big chance. You, how long do you think Steve's got? Because it's not looking good. No, but then what's the point in getting somebody else in? Because you can't buy anybody. All you can get is loans no. and freebies. Um, Up until 31st. Yeah. Uh, I don't know whether Rios can do any better or not. No. Sam Pauli? You said Sam Pauli, didn't you? <laughs> That'd be worth it for a laugh. But do you know what it's brought home with the QPR McLaren um, uh, start, Chris? It's really brought home to me the choices that managers make. Uh, McLaren won the league with FC Twente here, and they mm. were entering in the Champions League. And um, he left and uh, left for Wolfsburg straight away. He didn't even entertain the notion of taking FC Twente into Europe. Um, before he took that job at Wolfsburg, he was linked with Porto and Hamburg. And, uh, you know, in hindsight, he should have stayed. But, you know, he was the only manager in the entire league that couldn't speak Dutch when addressing the media. And to cap it all off, he then tells people he's leaving to go to Wolfsburg, where he will learn the local language and settle properly when he didn't do it in the two years previously. Um, and then you, you look at his career with Nottingham Forest and, um, and, and leaving there prematurely. It just goes to show if you just timing is very important. If he'd have had that Champions League season with FC Twente, even if they hadn't done anything, mm. I think his stock would have risen. And I don't think, I think his, his his career would have taken an entirely different turn. And it and maybe it's just me in a position now where I get to interview professional players and managers. But I, I look from afar and I think that the choice that you make and the timing upon which you make these choices is really really important. Oh, definitely. Absolutely, definitely. There's many a manager who's made a choice and you've sort of scratched your head and thought, why? We talk, oh. can talk about that, about Gary Rower and just like, I know Stoke have absolutely nosedived, but his sacking at Birmingham was probably one of the most head-scratching sackings I've seen in a long, long while. And they were seventh and they nearly got relegated that season. And they brought Zola came in for him. Yeah. And just like that 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 was baffling. And then there's I was listening to uh Guardian Football Weekly today and one of the guys on there said it's he reminds him of Marcus Silva where he comes in, does well and then you'd think he has to prove himself mm. and then when he's given the time to prove himself, he goes on to somewhere else. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, they Stoke lost three 0 at home to Wigan, and that was awful. Watched the highlights to that, and Jesus, I mean, Ashley, Ashley Williams, disgraceful. <laughs> <laughs> what goes through these people's heads sometimes? Swansea drew two two leads. Derby beat sorry old Ipswich two um, 0 and that ends two successive defeats for Frank Lampard. Um, right, Scott, do we have to? I'm afraid. I think we'll do Colchester six crew nil. Um, yeah. <laughs> We'll do that first. David Artel, the manager, has told the players to refund the fans. Now, I've seen a tweet tonight from somebody to say if any fan takes that money, they've got no idea of what being a fan is like. I'm going to try yeah. and find it while you... Do you concur I think, that? Yeah, um, I do. And then I can understand where the club and some fans come from. I've been to many an away game following Swindon where we've been absolutely gobbed. Mm. Remember Gillingham on the opening day of the 0-9-10 season. We got absolutely wallop five 0 and I got sunburnt on that horrible golf stand. Then they've got it at, at Gillingham. But you'd rather be on true, that than in January, wouldn't you? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, <laughs> or any open end in the summer, not in January. But I can see where some football fans come from, and I can see where that tweet. Because I also saw that tweet. We are real football fans. Only fair weather fans will say, oh, they only go to games, a few away games, and, like, if you get absolute wallet, we'll demand the money, where fans, fans who go quite a lot, and quite a lot to away games, who travel ups, up and down the country, spending probably a couple of grand a year following their team, mm. will just take, take the defeat on the chin and on to the next one. But, yeah, you can see why on both sides. Yeah. I think you can. I think the only time, I think the only time I've really sort of felt sympathy with that was when, do you remember when Wolves went to Old Trafford and yes, deliberately played the yes. reserves and 
they paid what was it 46 quid if Mick had said in the days before Mick McCarthy said in the days before don't bother coming because I'm going to play the reserves then yeah, yeah he didn't did he but um, okay so let's get on to Crawley 2 Swindon 2 I've got Scott exclamation mark written next to my notes because uh, um, this week uh, this midweek action you could uh, people, like football fans in the UK could watch the game on iFollow so it was £10 pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely got my money's worth uh, for that for 90 plus, 98 minutes the game went on for uh, we, we were tuning up at half time and it was all looking good looking get to pick up our third win out of four um, but the craziest half of football I've seen in a long long while uh, two players sent off in between the two players getting sent off Corley make it 2-1 uh, Deep into added time, Swindon breakaway. Steve Nowzat, who's on loan from Brighton, gets absolutely poleaxed. We get a free kick. Corley player gets sent off, so it's 10 against 11. Matty Taylor, uh, left back, stalwart. He's had a very, very good footballing career here in the UK. Absolutely lashes a free kick. Hits the crossbar, bounces on the line, maybe over the line. I thought he looked over. It looked very over, and I've seen it like four or five times. Then our striker, Matt, Matt, Mark Richards, gets caught in possession. We concede a penalty, and it ends up 2-2. And I heard earlier on Quest, Crawley hooked in 59 crosses against nine men. <laughs> <laughs> that second red card, I could hear on the TV the clack as the sort of legs and feet met. Yeah, James Dunn, who got sent off against Accrington Stanley in the last game of the last season. Uh, against... <laughs> Yeah, against a player called Jimmy Dunn. So it was James Dunn versus Jimmy Dunn. Um, it wasn't the brightest tackle to make after um, Diagaraga got sent off. I felt a bit sorry for Diagaraga because he lost his body shape and his, he slipped and then went in to make the challenge. Yeah. But no qualms on me for the second one. That was <laughs> shocking at best. <laughs> okay, right. Let's talk about this weekend because we've got some fixtures coming this weekend here across Europe land. Um... Spain is Real Valladolid versus Barcelona, um, and Atletico Madrid versus Raya Vallecana. Girona with Patrick Roberts on loan from Manchester City taking yeah. on Real Madrid. That's a good little move from him, isn't it? Yeah, he made his debut on Friday night. I think he came on for about 10 minutes. How did he get on? So, so, I, I don't know. They drew nil-nil with Valladolid, so it's not really that time to make an impact. He's a very good player. He was mm. really impressed at Celtic. I think it's a good move for players at those at Manchester City to be farmed out on loan to into Europe. I know there's a bit of a link between Man City and Girona. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it'd be a good move for him. Yeah, I've often advocated young British players or British players in general going abroad and, and looking for the challenge. And uh, I think to play in arguably the strongest league in Europe will, will do him the world of good. Uh, I agree with what Scott said about young Manchester City players going on loan but we had that here with uh, Nakhbleda and they came on loan from Manchester City but they hardly ever played and uh, yes when City loaned them out you would hope that they go to play as, as much regular football as possible really mm. didn't you have that sorry sorry Chris sorry? I didn't mean to interrupt didn't you have that with the Chelsea and Vitesse Arnhem stuff because uh, but in the case of the Chelsea one Scott they yeah. played more often they, yeah. they really did play in, in terms of uh, uh, Lewis Baker, for example, yeah, yeah he was elite, he, he yeah. was one. He, he was one that when he came that season, he was one. He was so important to Vitesse. He helped them to win their first major trophy in in their entire history, and he was with goals and assists. The same with Mason Mount last season. Mason Mount last season was one of the best players in the league, and so with the Chelsea players that came on loan to Vitesse, they played more regularly than, than the ones the Manchester City ones did at Nakbleda. Okay, but is the point? To get game, it's a really weird question. Um, is the point to get game time? You look at someone like Adam, Adam Ola Luckman who went to did he go to Leipzig or did he go to Dortmund? Yeah, Leipzig. Uh, uh, Leipzig. Yeah. I mean, is the point there for him to get Bundesliga games, or is the point there for him to get top quality coaching? That, uh, in some ways, I'd have quite liked um, uh, Ben Woodburn, who's gone on loan to Sheffield United from Liverpool. I'd have quite liked him to stay at Liverpool, even though he wouldn't have got games. He'd have got top quality coaching and played and sort of trained every day around. Mo Salah and and Sadio mm. Mane and players like that going on loan for the sake of games isn't great going on loan to get good coaching and picking up footballing knowledge is probably better isn't it yeah, you, uh, you still have to stay and learn your trade though yeah. Yeah, and, and, and the best way for any player regardless of level 
uh, to get betters to play. Do you think? I mean, Ben Woodburn's not going to learn too much going alone at Sheffield United, is he? What do you think? He'll probably learn new tactics and new ways of playing. Um, Chris yeah. Wilder's is a very, very, very good coach. Um, done very well at Sheffield United and at Oxford and at Northampton. Um, mm. He's very, very now. Um, he done a, a very good documentary last year on deadline transfer. Uh, transfer deadline day. I don't know if any UTC it was like a nine ten minute clip. He's a, he, he knows his stuff. He's a very good coach, and he'll get Woodburn like tactically now in a, in a system that he's probably hasn't played before at Liverpool in okay. the in the resis and in the under nineteens. Okay, fair enough. It's, it's alone alone players for like Lookman. It's all about adaptability. Um, I was listening to Talksport on Tuesday after coming back from the dentist and Adrian Durham as he always does just like causes a bit of chaos but I actually agree with him that um, Everton there was a bid for from Leipzig for 22 million for Lookman I, if I was Everton I would have took the money and run because Lookman impressed at Leipzig you pay 10 million for him you're going to gain 12 million he's gained the experience of playing in the Bundesliga he was never going to get a looking under Allardyce it's a win-win situation for both player and, and club. It's just it's, it just baffles me sometimes with that. How did it feel? Agreed with Adrian Durham. Uh, a bit dirty, <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes you do have to agree with him because he yeah. does speak some sense sometimes. Didn't Allardyce try to discourage Lookman from going yeah. to lad? Yes, he did. Yeah, he had a few words after he went as well, didn't he? Yeah. Unbel- unbelievable. You'd think you'd think he'd say, you know, go go on. It's a wonderful opportunity for you. You, you can't discourage someone to do, to go and do that. It's so few players that actually want to do it, and then there's an active, there's a, a top flight manager active, actively discouraging. I find that very distasteful. Yeah. Um, other games this week uh, in Europe is the Bundesliga start. So Bayern play Hoffenheim and uh, a little cracker to start with. Dortmund play RBL uh, Leipzig. Um, Manuel Neuer, who said that uh, there's no racism anywhere in German football, uh, he says that Dortmund, Schalke, Hoffenheim, Red Bull Leipzig and Leverkusen uh, are their biggest challenges to Bayern this year. Although when BT Sport was at its worst a couple of weeks ago, and it was just Bundesliga football on... Um, uh, on there, I did ask Manu, Manu Veth, uh, who I should support, and he sort of said Schalke with a sort of winky smiley face next to me. I thought I realised I having the piss taken out of me, but <laughs> Manuel Neuer seems to agree. Yeah, I think he also took Manu. He's a very knowledgeable guy. He's really good. Of, yeah, he, he's really good. I know he took a bit of a, a pounding from Liverpool fans last season in the <laughs> Navigator, <laughs> but he put out his table along with uh, a few other journalists and commentators from uh, Jonathan Harding who does uh, Bundesliga football they got like Leverkusen at the top, at top. so Leon Bailey I know he's a very good player could have went away in the summer uh, I think it might be a bit tougher for Bayern Munich this season with Niko Kovac in charge he has, yeah. they haven't got the, the nous to uh, call in him in again for a fourth time in charge in hankers again because that would just seem stupid and it's an aging squad as well isn't it yeah Ribery and Robin at that age yeah um, what else have we got Portugal is Benfica versus Sporting Italy Scott Saturday Juve Lazio Napoli Milan yeah it's a tasty Saturday game because I'm, I'm away at a game we'll probably catch the second half of Juve Lazio which Lazio won at the J Stadium last season 2-1 they did didn't they uh, with, and Paolo Dybala missed a 96th minute penalty I, evidently I was in Rome that same weekend to watch Roma Napoli because that was played at the Saturday evening I went to a Roma Napoli game in the evening yeah. um, I'm looking forward to the Saturday night game Napoli Milan return to Carlo Ancelotti for the first time in 10 years against AC Milan uh, Paolo Maldini in charge not in charge in like the higher up yeah. as well Napoli started horribly in the first half but really really took the game to Lazio um, I'm, I could see a draw but I could see Napoli sneaking it and there's a, a few good games on Sunday as well yeah I saw these and sort of these are the balls to pick out. God, I think it's Roma Torino, isn't it, on Sunday? Uh, no, they played last weekend, so it's Roma Atalanta on a Monday night. I'm sure Torino are playing somebody uh, good. Maybe uh, I know that it's uh, Spal Palmer, which I know it's early doors, but I'm quite interested to see what Palmer can do this season because they've brought in Jovino, yep. uh, uh, Roberto Inglesi, who some of us nicknamed Bobby English. Yep. 
Um, there's, there's a couple of good players at Palmer Spal who won away at Bologna. If ever, if you guys get to see the winner, it's an absolute wonder goal from Jasmine Kurtic from about 30 yards out into the top corner against a, a Bologna side managed by Pippo and Zaghi. Oh, excellent. Okay. Uh, MLS has got some good games this weekend. I, I think these seem like local derbies, so correct me if I'm wrong. I was hoping Jessica, but uh, take it LA Galaxy, LAFC is a local derby. Yes. Oh, same city. Same city. <laughs> exactly. So if you see Red Bulls versus uh, New York Red Bulls versus the other New York club, that's a derby as well. well New York City. They, they played this week, didn't they? Um, Do they? Ah. David Villa got an equaliser for nine-man New York City, so uh, they did play each other. Timbers, Seattle... Sounders versus Portland Timbers. Uh, I'm guessing yes, that's a derby. That, that, that's a derby. Uh, yeah, I think they're very close by. Yeah. Just to go back uh, quickly on the Bundesliga, if I may. Yeah. I uh, recently interviewed Borussia Mönchengladbach defender Fabian Johnson, who's also been capped by uh, the United States. Yes. And we were talking about managers he had, amongst other things. And we spoke about the new Borussia Dortmund manager, Lucien Favre. And okay. he was telling me that when Favre was in charge at Borussia Mönchengladbach, he was such a stickler for detail, but it really, really got the best out of the group. So I'm really interested to see what um, what Borussia Dortmund do this year with uh, Lucien Favre as their manager, because I watched his niece team play here in Amsterdam in the Champions League qualifiers last year, and they were they, they looked fantastic. And uh, having spoken to a player that's actually played under him as well, I think he's uh, I think his stock will rise this season. Okay, so we'll look out for that one then. Um, Toronto, Montreal, Canada's a big place, but I'm guessing that's a local derby. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then Houston Dynamos versus FC Dallas. Yes. Yeah, I would say so. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. So we got other news this week. Peter Hartley. Who's heard of Peter Hartley? Another world captain. Uh, yeah, I saw him trended on Twitter earlier. Something, is it something to do with uh, the former Scotland manager who's now at Hearts? He basically... Craig was, Levine. Mm, yes, that's the one. Kind of. He said yeah. that... Um, we could accept action from the Scottish FA after he said it was fun to watch former Rangers defender Fabio Cardozo weeping after breaking his nose last season. Um... I think there's some sort of previous between everybody at all, but uh, in a bid to sort of stem off any action, has released a grovelling apology to his Twitter account as Hartley. Oh, um, Claudia Marchisio, Scott. I know. That was a bit of a shocker to, to see over the weekend. Have you read his letter? Uh, I haven't yet, but I've seen people tweet it out. Have you got like a translated version of it? Uh, no, I have. The bit I took away was, you, they will always be a part of me. Well, he, he left. He came there as a as a boy, and he's left there as a man. Oh, that's all I'm going to say. And Wait. won plenty of trophies. Where um, where's he gone to? There's a rumor Monaco. He could still do a job for somebody, couldn't he? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But that Juve midfield, bar Sami Kadira, I would have kept him. I know he probably wouldn't have got the best of playing time, but Sami Kadira is not the greatest of player. They got Blaise Matuidi, they got Pjanic, and now they got your favourite. German Emery Chan, which <laughs> I think Chan and Pjanic will probably be their starting midfielder for this season. If they go as a two, it'll probably be Matuidi as a three. Yeah. He could still do a job. I think so, definitely. Uh, Brentford, who's seen Brentford's new corporate sponsors? Do tell, Chris, do tell. They are funeral directors. I can't imagine too many football clubs have sort of linked it with funeral directors but they've linked it with G. Savile and Son funeral directors to become oh. Brentford's quote-unquote official funeral partners Ed Woodward must be seething at that oh. <laughs> uh, what else have we got uh, Usain Bolt has gone to Central Coast Mariners um, it'd be quite interesting to watch and Thomas Repka who's seen Thomas Repka today the news no no what news is that a uh, sentence of six months in prison which he doesn't have to say oh, immediately God. for posing photos or posting photos of his ex-wife and advertising sex with her <laughs> I think that's I don't have to say allegedly after that if I do he allegedly would... isn't that basically called revenge porn or revenge stuff which is a jail sentence here yeah that's what it says it says revenge porn um it says that yeah. Thomas Repka uh, has uh, racked up more than, well, um, is being found guilty of revenge porn against his ex-wife. Um, a court in the Czech Republic found him guilty um, uh, guilty of, I don't know what, because the Daily Star doesn't go into that much detail. They just talk about him playing for West Ham. Anyway, 
He's a very bad man, and she's a very pretty lady. So, uh... <laughs> is she up there with the Colombian lady of last week? Oh, no! Gosh, she was gorgeous, Taliana Vargas. Get to series three of Narcos, the pair of you. And, <laughs> and what else have we got? Um, I did write Cat versus Neville, but I'm not really that bothered about that. Rayana versus Skulls. Let's talk about the Premier League this week because Manchester United are playing. Uh, Spurs on Monday night, which has all been a little bit overshadowed with Minoriola, Paul Scholes and Paul Pogba this week. Um, Paul Scholes basically came out and had a go at Paul Pogba for claiming his attitude wasn't right or something like that um, after the game against Brighton last week, didn't he? Minoriola's had a dig back on Twitter. Yeah, um, I don't really think Pogba... Gives two hoots what Skulls says. He's a World Cup winner. He's uh, won many trophies with Juventus. <laughs> He's gone down in history with France. That whole squad goes down in history now. And also having... I interviewed Philip Sandler, who's now at Manchester City. Mm. His agent is uh, Raola. And uh, okay. we, spoke, we spoke about that in the interview. And he worked together with uh, uh, Rodriguez, who used to play for Isaac Alakma here in the Netherlands. Mm. And uh, Sandler was telling me how much they look after their players and how much it's not just uh, people People think you're just chasing money no it's about making sure that they're stable sound that they're going into a uh, a stable environment and I think uh, I think Rayola does get a bad press but having seen uh, I've seen some of uh, the clips of him on deadline day even when he was he used to um, be at the agent for Van Bommel when he was uh, there's a there's a famous clip here in the Netherlands of deadline day when Van Bommel goes to Milan hmm. and Rolo uh, is addressing Dutch media and um, I think he was raised in Holland here as well and um, you know you can really get a sense that he definitely look after his players so, so what's the, the name of the guy you spoke to? Uh, I spoke to Philip Sandler you should play for you should, you should play for Pex Waller, hmm. and his uh, agents. Are, in the case of his move to Manchester City, his agents were Mino Raola, coupled with uh, I think Jesse Rodriguez, who used to play for Isaac Alkmaar here. They work in unison, kind of thing. Okay, so um, Mino Raola's this guy's agent. To the fault of myself, I've not heard of this guy, but Raola is also the agent of Pogba and Ibrahimovic, yeah. another high-profile player. So does Donna Rumor as well. So does this guy get? as much attention from Raiola as, as players like Pogba? I think he likes to look after all his, all of his players. Yeah? I think, I think it, it's just my personal opinion, but I think Raiola gets a bit of a bad press. I think it's quite evident he does look after his players. Mm. And in the case, and in the case of uh, Pogba as well, it's a, it's a World Cup winner. I mean, it's not the Pogba we saw at Juventus, and you don't know what uh, you don't know what the future is going to bring, but, you know, you've got to keep an eye on the future in terms of... Uh, might be going where yeah, but I think if United had a more attacking manager who knew like Deschamps knew how to use Pogba to the best ability mm. and look what achieved it achieved a World Cup win I think if Manchester United had a very attack minded uh, or a manager that knew how to use Pogba properly I think you'll see better results so uh, I find it a bit weird about Skulls coming out and having a go about someone's post-match comments because in 20 years of playing football I never saw Skulls on match of the day once talking after the game could, couldn't agree more with you, Chris. I, I could not. I couldn't agree with you more. I don't know if he is. He's feeling overshadowed by Carragher and Neville, but he used to be lauded and rightly so for being so quiet and so professional. And then when your career ends, you, you can't stop talking. Yeah, I know. You know he's found a voice, didn't he? After he retired, you you can't you can't keep yapping and yapping and yapping away and always. Um, be thought of as being highly intelligent and always saying things that are bang on the money. You always you bad if you keep yapping on all the time. You're bound to shoot yourself uh, in the in the foot. You know what is it the old saying says? Give someone enough rope and they'll hang themselves or something. Well, as my dad used to tell me, he said, "Always keep your mouth shut and let them think you're an idiot, rather than open your mouth and confirm it for them." Smart <laughs> <laughs> uh, <like> dad. <laughs> yeah, cheers. Um, how do you think Manchester United and Spurs are going to get on on Monday? So Manchester United won 21 out of 26 home games versus Spurs. Um, and they won the last four without conceding. Spurs, though, were the last London team to win Old Trafford in New Year's Day 2014. So, uh, the form is with United, albeit the fact that they're an absolute sort of shambles, both on and off the pitch at the moment. How do you reckon this one's going to go, Scott? Um, I, was, I just thought that David De Gea was the fifth keeper to make the most saves with 129 last season. 
thank you to Jonathan Wilson and Guardian Football Wheelie for that one. He is the not, yeah, I'd, I'll give it a listen. It's a, it's a very good listen. Because um, uh, the top five were two relegated clubs, uh, Burnley, and I think it was Jordan Pickford at Everton. And May Knight hardly conceded any goals last season, but De Gea was on hand to keep them at bay. I could see this being a very dire, dull nil-nil. Do I do nil nil, James? No, I think United will win. Really? Yeah, I think you know. I think home advantage plays a part. I think if this game was being played in London, they might not win. But I think uh, advantage. I don't think they'll blow Spurs away. I think it'll be maybe two nil or two one. But I, uh, I can see Manchester United winning. Okay. Uh, next one, Manchester City. Then um, Champions Day are away to Wolves. This would be another interesting test because Wolves are kind of think general consensus in they've been a bit unlucky their first two games this is going to be a proper test form this is an early game tomorrow uh, oh sorry Saturday lunchtime isn't it as tomorrow's Friday so as tomorrow's Friday yeah <laughs> we don't it's uh, Saturday lunchtime yeah. Saturday lunchtime <laughs> a day ahead of yourself yeah well, I'm used to doing this on a Friday that's why um, yeah but yeah this, this is quite a big test isn't it for for Wolves I imagine, because they want to see themselves as this sort of top 10 side and a good performance against Man City. You can only be unlucky for so long, can't you? Yeah, Probably. yeah, they've got a nice little project going on with um, the type of players that they brought in and the, the spine and the squad from last season. Uh, I watched, <coughs> excuse me, I watched the Everton game. They looked a little bit cagey because I think they just wanted to get the first point on the yeah. board for the season. Um, I haven't seen properly the highlights of last week, but uh, the own goal was a bit unfortunate, but Jamie Vardy was a bit stupid getting himself sent off. Um, I can see Manchester City winning, but Wolves putting up a bit of a fight. Wolves like to play this 3-4-3 with the two wing-backs bombing on forward. I think I can see City exploiting that, but I do look forward to seeing the Neves-Matinho central midfield partnership quite a lot this season. And Raul Jimenez up front could be quite tasty. Well, if he's as good as he is in Champions or Football Manager, then he'll get a few for them. Um, James, I fancy this to be a draw. Do you? Yeah, I do. I spoke to former Wolves player Jack Price, who uh, played for Wolves uh, in the past in when they were in lower divisions, mm-hmm. and we, he now plays for Colorado Rapids in the MLS. And we were talking about Wolves during the interview. And he told me about uh, that he actually thinks as a former Wolves player that they uh, may, may well finish top 10 and that uh, they've brought really well, as Scott says. And uh, he also gets said about uh, Connor Cody, uh, Cody, the defender, being a very much yeah, a he's good. hero. Mm. I think I think with home advantage and, again, with the players they have, like Moutinho and Neves, I just think because they're playing at home and they'll be fully pumped and, and Sandro, he, he's not he's not silly neither. I've got a funny feeling this game's going to end in a draw. Draw? Okay. Well, uh, also on Saturday, he's going home. Jack Wilshere's going home, James. Yeah, I, I hope he gets a good reception. I think he, he will. Be, shouldn't he, yeah. Um, yeah. It'll be a London derby, uh, pressure on Arsenal to uh, to get three points after the uh, two, two defeats. I just hope that everybody in that stadium gets behind the team, gives Jack a great reception, and hopefully we can pick up our first three points of the season. OK. Um, what do you reckon, Scott? Uh, I can see this being a home win. I've seen uh, bits of the Chelsea-Arsenal game last week, and when Emery made that slight change, and it was a crazy 10-15 minutes where Arsenal could have been 6-2 up at half-time, mm. and it was 2-2. But if everything's clicking for Arsenal, and he picks the right, balance of the squads I like to see Licksteiner start a bit more ahead of Bellerin Licksteiner yeah, totally agree. A, 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 Lick, even though he's a bit of a dick when he was at Juve and Lazio he's a, he's a wonderful player and he's a born winner and you need him in your side but I, Aubameyang, Lacazette Ozil, Trident needs to be a bit more clicking up top I'd probably see Arsenal winning 2-0 I think when listeners when James says a bit of a dick I think he means a massive one yeah, yeah, he played for he my is, team yeah. and I couldn't stand him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Everton versus Bournemouth. Um, Bournemouth looking to win their first opening three matches of a Premier League game season for the first time. Again, I always predict they're going to struggle, yeah. and thankfully they always prove me wrong. Uh, just for fantasy Premier League points, can I have this as two-two with Richarlison scoring two and Callum Wilson scoring two? 
Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you thought that went out well, Scott. <laughs> yeah, I, put, I, I had Richarlison. I've got both in my dream team, so I just want that. But um, uh, I, I can't... I've watched Bournemouth in the past in the lower leagues, like five, six years ago, mm. watching Swindon. We battered them 4-0, and since then, both teams have just gone up and down. Bournemouth, I've seen they're always mid-table. Eddie Howe's very, very... Like he's up top, he knows what he's doing. Mm. I know he hasn't got the best in the transfer market, and he's got Richard Hughes helping him out, who uh, former Atalanta youth team player and uh, former Bournemouth midfielder. Um, he's helping out with his transfers, and he's bought really well. Um, David Brooks is like Madison at Leicester, wonderful talent, and they paid twelve million for him, and he's a wonderful player. And they bought a couple of players. From uh, I think it's Spain, Levante for like twenty twenty five million. Mm-hmm. You don't really see Bournemouth for that caliber spending that much money, but I know you tip them for relegation every time. <laughs> I'll be right <laughs> one time, damn it. <laughs> one time you'll you'll be right, but you'll I be right see... when you don't tip them anymore. Yeah, <laughs> like ne- next season, but. I can see them doing well this season. I think a draw could be a, a, a fair result because Everton have bought a lot and they got rid of a lot of Deadwood. And they, yeah. And uh, I hope to see Yerry Mina start because he's a very good footballer. Definitely. Uh, James, Bournemouth have got um, 24 points from losing positions uh, last season. Yeah, it's just goes to show they never, they never give up and it's a fantastic trait to have. I, like you, often uh, tip them to go and uh, they never do. So the season I don't do it will be the season they do. Um, I fancy Everton against uh, this weekend. Okay. I, I, I fancy Everton to win. And, uh, you know, they've start, started well and uh, Marco Silva seems to have got them going. They've brought well too, even though they've brought a lot, as Scott says. I think they've brought well. And, um, yeah, I just fancy Everton uh, for this one. I'm going to go 2-1 Everton. Okay, okay. Huddersfield Cardiff, does anybody really want to talk about that? Huddersfield, I hate Warnock like I like most football fans do. I like him because of what he did at QPR. Yeah, QPR and uh, probably at Sheffield United, but he's, his teams play so much dour, negative football. I feel sorry for Cardiff fans this season because it looks like it's a championship squad in a Premier League season. Um, playing Sol Bamber as your defensive midfielder on your first day of the season at Bournemouth. <laughs> Uh, it's not the brightest idea. Um, I like Bobby Reid. He's yeah, a good like footballer. Yeah, he scored a lot for Bristol City last season. They've got uh, the Danish guy up front who played last week. Uh, what's it? I, I can't remember his name, but he proved a point. Yeah. They're a bit... <laughs> Sean Morrison's a good player. I'm seeing quite a lot at Swindon at Reading. I didn't think I'd see him in the Premier League, but I can see how still probably snatching it. Yeah, James? I think it'll be a draw. Yeah. I think, uh, I think that Cardiff will have confidence from the, the result against Newcastle last weekend. Huddersfield, if the season had gone on two or three games last more last season, they wouldn't even be in the Premier League this year. And um, I think this year might be a bridge too far for them. And I think that um, I think that it will be a draw. I know the Warnock gets a, um, a bad press I'm not his biggest fan either but I do hope that he gets to finish at least one yeah. full Premier League season in his career because I think that would be quite cruel if he retires having never had a Premier League season from start to finish I think it. I think it's quite apparent years and years ago apparently when Ken Bates was in charge of Chelsea he became very close to becoming Chelsea manager did Warnock so on a personal level uh, as I say, I'm not his biggest fan, but I also don't dislike him. Mm. I just hope that he gets the opportunity to finish a whole Premier League season from start to finish, regardless of what happens. Is this he... the match of the day? Yeah, probably. More than <laughs> likely. This is your quarter to 12 match of the day job. He didn't even have a full season at Sheffield United when they got relegated. Um, or was that someone else? At Rangers as well. Yeah, didn't he have a didn't he have a full one now? Was that that was the old Tevez Mascarano? That's right, he was complaining at the end, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. must have been a bit too premier. I'm thinking of the QPR one, is what I'm thinking. No, he made it till about that one. He made it till about November, and then he went and Hughes came in. Yeah, okay. I remember him at Palace. Uh, he got sacked. Was it Ian Holloway brought in or Pulis? I think. 
was it? Was, was it? Or oh, that that could have been the other way around. Yeah, I think two. it was Holloway that got. I think yeah. Holloway chipped out it's, and Pulis come in. Pulis Pulis, Pulis ended up getting manager of the year that year. Yeah, how they how he got Palace to stay up. That was it. I think it's one of the the best um, managerial feats in recent years. To be honest. Yeah. It was. It's very good. Um, Southampton Leicester. Then uh, I'm going for Leicester on this one. Southampton. I can't see where they're going to get a point from this season. Dusan Tadic played well the other day for Ajax, didn't he? He scored in the he, Champions League. He did. It just goes to show, and it may well happen more often. Not necessarily to uh, from the Premier League to the Eredivisie, but club, but players playing in the lower regions of the Premier League will look to leave to go to foreign climes. And Tadic had a, he's, since he's uh, I was uh, I was at the match against Sturm Graz when he made his debut, and it got the crowd really g'd up. And he likes to play a pass, and he can see a, he has great vision. And I agree with you, Chris. I think Leicester will win this game. Mm. Um, it was a good goal he scored as well, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, Scott, what do you reckon? Uh, three on the board. I, I could see a, a Leicester away win. Um, Southampton. Oh. They could have went down last season. I think maybe this season might be their season. People have talked I, to... Sorry, go on. I don't think... I think Hughes... I think he probably had this depth this season. I, I like Danny Ings. Um, yeah. I don't know if it's the right club for him. Because it's the style of football that Hughes plays. But I could see Leicester nicking a couple of goals. Probably a 2 0 away win. People have talked about Hughes's negativity and this is something I, I it's something I always thought but when Barry Glendenny mentioned it on Football Weekly last week I, yeah, I thought I, I agreed about his negativity and blaming the referees and what did he do as soon as they left as soon as they lost he was on match of the day complaining about the referee didn't he complain about the pitch as well or something like that oh, or that, was, that was someone else yeah it could have been someone else yeah exactly yeah he, he just he's one of those managers that you can sort of feel if you're a player walking the training ground you must sort of feel the sort of soul sucking out of the place yeah you, you wouldn't want to play for him would you no no I wouldn't I mean obviously it's hypothetical it's never going to happen it's too, I'm too old now but... always time, don't, come on yeah I don't know maybe um, <laughs> I wouldn't play for Hughes I'd, if, if I was a, a player and Hughes wanted to sign me I'd say, uh, I'd, say I'd politely say no thank you yeah I think you have people desperate. I mean, maybe it says something why Tadic, one of their best players, left. In the yeah, uh, I don't know. I think I think that wasn't the main reason, but I think it was one of the many reasons because why in Tadic, Tadic's mind is on the verge of playing Champions League football. Um, he's probably going to play Champions League football with Ajax this season, and uh, if he hadn't have taken that move, he could have been scrapping against relegation, uh, coming off the bench every now and again for a twenty-minute cameo. So I think he's made the right choice. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Sunday then, Fulham Burnley. Um, Fulham again have fallen into that sort of Wolves bracket of being a bit unlucky so far. Um, Burnley, they were losing 3 1, and I saw Ben Gibson got sent off as well. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> looked a bit unlucky, actually, to be fair. Uh, the old Sunday Thursday thing, is that going to come bite them in the butt this fixture? I believe so. Yeah, I think so as well. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, know, it's a, I know it's early doors, but. It, it could be a bit leggy like it's every three days like if you were playing Saturday to Saturday just one game mm. it's, uh, it's listen to another podcast it's just it disrupts the rhythm it's like you've got Saturday you play the game Sunday you have a day off and you can spend it with your family mm. but if you're playing Thursday in the Europa League and then Sunday in the Premier League you Saturday you could play away from home and then you're stuck in a hotel where you could have been playing the game, and then Sunday you're actually playing the game where you could have been with your family, so it, just, it disrupts the rhythm. Yeah, I see. I never realised that, but um, it's, yeah, I heard that same thing as you. And I always thought, what's the difference between Wednesday, Saturday, and, and Thursday, Sunday? But listening to that, it must make some sort of difference. I mean, you're what are you doing? You're playing Thursday, travelling home Thursday night, knackered Friday, maybe do a little bit of training, off to a hotel Saturday, yeah. playing Sunday. It must be a bit tedious. And then travelling again, like in midweek. Yeah. Like if you're playing away again, you're going to have to go to stuck in an airport for a couple of hours, and then a hotel, and then coming back the next couple of days, like on the Friday morning, absolutely shattered. Mm. Light training session, and you have to do it again. 
I don't understand why teams playing in Europe uh, be in a sort of Champions League day or, or Europa League day, why they don't stay overnight in the country where they're playing, have a little training session the next day and then playing home. Yeah, I, I think budgets play a part, to be honest. In the Premier League teams? No, I just think European teams in general. I think uh, I think if you look at the mix of the, uh, especially the Europa League um, qualifiers tonight, you've got Norway, you've got Cyprus, you've got um, Sweden, you've got Denmark. I think Europe in general. I think um, I think budgets do play a part. Europe, yeah, but I can't imagine Premier League teams being a bit too tight to pay for a hotel for a night, would you? Uh, you don't know with the uh, chairman and the commercial directors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, fair enough. <laughs> okay, uh, last fixture we've not talked about this weekend is Newcastle versus Chelsea. Um, Newcastle in 2018 on a Sunday have uh, won three at home. Chelsea in 2018 away on a Sunday have uh, lost all three. Oh. Sorry, Ball. Yeah, sorry, Ball. Uh, if he gets them playing right properly, which he will, because that midfield... Jorginho, there was a clip flying around. I think I tweeted out last Friday night where the guys on ESPN were slating him. But I, apart from Julian Arano, Oh, I actually quite like. I mm. don't think they actually ever saw Napoli play. One of them was Stuart Robson, who commentates quite a lot on Italian football. And, and, and oh my god, sometimes it could just bore the life out of you. Um, but Jorginho in the midfield is the pivotal point for starting an attack. He can see he's the perfect three sixty player. Mm. Um, you know what Rafa Benitez bought him <laughs> to, to Napoli from Hellas Verona on that uh, co-ownership deal for like five million, and he's okay. been playing against him on Sunday. Uh, I can see uh, Newcastle putting up a fight, but Chelsea just nicking it two-one or maybe three-one. Yeah. They've got the power. They've got the power, and the midfield is unreal. I can imagine so as well. I think I think you're right. I, I tell you what, I heard a podcast today, um, and someone asked if um, it was a team of John and Shay's podcast, and someone asked if Sarri has been given a bit of a free ride so far, considering his homophobic comments in the past. Yeah, I imagine so. I wonder if those comments might come back to bite him on the backside. It was against. Inter in the Coppa Italia and Roberto Mancini and yeah. Mancini is the eloquent man he is went absolutely mental on those comments yeah they weren't very good and Sarri could have got a lot more trouble into that but the FOGC uh, Italian football is a bunch of dinosaurs and they let everything go yeah but everyone's got a pass surely you know oh, how, definitely. how far back do you want to go? And, and I think Scott made a very good point about the um, panelists never having seen players play. Um, is it not like with the panelists, a bit like people on Twitter who are desperate for attention in some cases, want to stand out, want to be heard, so therefore they'll say something off the cuff. I wonder. I wonder with the same uh, with certain pundits. I think again, Julian Lalonde's is one is also one of my favourites also like Philippe Auclair as well mm. but in particularly with those two you can tell when you listen to them they both got brains and they used them mm. I, th- I think some kind it's like the sound of their own voice and I think they, I think they just say things in the hope that things will stick and then yeah but you sometimes you like with everything you've got to think about what you're saying and try to explain it properly okay uh, that's just Something that popped into my head as I was uh, as I was listening to that call. Okay, so that's our Premier League roundup done. Uh, AOB from you guys. Uh, I'm just trying to think now if I've seen anything good in midweek or anything like that. Uh, oh, I'd like to uh, compliment Eleven Sports on their coverage of the. Oh, um... Stop it! <laughs> you can have to bite. You can have to bite. Stop saying this. Uh, but it's you get good value. I know people slating people coming out of their comfort zone like. BT and stuff like that, or watching football for the last few years on like Sky. But football's changing the way we watch football. It's changing. I had no problems at all with the, the games I watch, and literally, I know people moan and stuff like that. But you have to evolve, and for the amount of money and the amount of games you watch, it's a very good deal. You're making me grumpy now. <laughs> you can have to get it. <laughs> I think I will. James, anything? 
Uh, yeah, I would advise people to just have a quick look through the results of Champions League qualifiers and tonight's Europa League qualifiers because it once again proves that there are no easy games at European level and that the, from the last decade in particular, the season's uh, well-known European teams, when they come up against lesser teams in inverted commas, you get surprise results now because the professionalism of certain leagues... Uh, the determination of players and staff to to really improve their reputation is is bearing fruit. So you're going to see a fair few different names in the Champions League and Europa League this season. Embrace them all. Don't just swat them away like a fly by saying, oh, we'll have them, they're a pub team. Don't want to hear any of that rubbish. You know, (laughs) take them them for what they are, accept them for what they are, because I think a lot of people are going to be surprised in Europe this season. Excellent, well said. Yeah, definitely well said. Okay, uh, right, uh, Scott, if they want to follow you on Twitter, how do they do that? Uh, at Scott underscore Munro, Scott is with one T and Munro is M-U-N-R-O-E. Okay, James? Yeah, you can follow me at, at James Rowe NL. Okay, uh, at Man on the Post is the Twitter and Instagram account. Uh, you can like Man on the Post on Facebook as well, uh, hopefully posting from more this season. You may have noticed that you're getting some more uh, Man on the Post podcasts in your inbox this season. So if you subscribe on iTunes, it'll fall automatically to your inbox. If you uh, follow on Acast or Podcast Republic, uh, Stitcher, we're on Stitcher now. Um, and you can also go to the Man on the Post website to download your episodes. You will see podcasts for... 11 Pieces of Me, which is where you pick your favourite um, 11 players of all time. They'll be the best, but your favourite, uh, so long as they are retired. So uh, Ross and Ryan hosted this week, um, and I think Ali hosted last week. It's more, we're more than welcome for people to get in touch if they want to go on, so please get in touch with us at Man on the Post. Um, it's I've done it, you've done it, Scott, and you've done it, James, and it's very, very difficult to do to pick 11 mm. players. It's hard. It's hard. Um, children. Yeah, I'm yet to do it, Chris. Oh, are you? Sorry. You're yet, you, yeah, it is, it is really hard, James, if you uh, get a chance to do it. Um, in my life, where you talk about your uh, sort of memories of football as well, um, we have the debate show. We have uh, Ross's Roundup on Sunday uh, of the games that we've been previewing here and the Unusual Efforts podcast. Either of you guys heard that? Not yet. It's on my feed to listen to, but what you sent me a DM about it. So I'm looking forward to listening to it. Yeah, James? Same here. Looking forward to listening to it. Hopefully have time this weekend. Okay, that is uh, our very own Jesse. That's also Kirsten Schlivitz. Uh, apologies for that pronunciation, Kirsten. Um, and Sonia Misio, uh, who's a Udinese fan. They're all uh, two of them are Serie A fans. Is Ink Kirsten uh, a Napoli fan? Kirsten's a Napoli fan. Yes, she is. she's on the yeah. Napoli podcast yeah. as well. Um, so yes, yeah, she's on that. Um, so it's uh, football from a different sort of perspective, uh, a non-male perspective. They asked me to say. So you can also go to unusualefforts.com um, and check out some of their articles from there. There's a fantastic one on mental health that's on their Twitter feed tonight and a guy that he's played with Zidane at Bordeaux in 95-96 who ended up uh, taking his own life so that's quite a very very poignant and interesting article to read um, I think I've said everything I normally say at the end of the podcast I can't remember it's very long now all these extra podcasts have I, have I missed anything out I normally say I don't think so no brilliant excellent right Scott thank you very much you're welcome thank you for having me on no worries James thank you very much You're more than welcome. Look forward to next time. Superb. And always remember to keep your man on the post.